0: OTB GAA One of the fathers was milking the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning they started crying that we'll just have to win in a county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'd say Jenny Claffey is here. We've been trying to do this piece for about a month. We finally got it together. How are you?
1: I'm very well. Thank you.
0: We're looking for um, the five, what was your criteria here? Five most exciting, five most memorable, five most important? Yeah, I suppose most memorable when
2: myself and Jenny have been chatting about this for a few weeks now. So much has happened in tennis in 2022, starting with Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open, which seems like a lifetime ago, and then ending in Roger Federer's retirement and he and Nadal bursting into tears and everything in between. So, Most memorable, I suppose, is what we worked
0: off. The tears. The two lads crying, bawling, couldn't look at each other. It's the highlight, isn't (laughs) it? It
1: actually has to be the highlight, yeah. Yeah. I think that this has been an incredible year for tennis in terms of like there's been a lot of highs, a lot of lows. We've seen some shocks. We've seen like, it's just, it's been a very exciting year, I think. Um, I think my first biggest moment of the year has got to be the retirement of Roger Federer and Serena Williams and then Ash Barty as well, like saying goodbye to the two of the mm. biggest greats of, of the sport over the last 20 years. That's a huge loss to the game. And um, was obviously a lot of publicity about that and, and who's going to be the stars now come up and coming. But I think, yeah, saying goodbye to Roger and and Serena has been a big loss in the year. That's my number one moment.
0: Yeah. And um, it's kind of 1 and 1A because like, they both are the biggest thing that has ever happened. I, I think that maybe that's not fair. Serena's way ahead of Federer in terms of the impact in her side of the game. There's never going to be anybody like her. Whereas with Federer, you can at least argue that he was driven to his greatness by the other two at the same time coming along slightly behind him. But Serena is a unicorn. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she, she was something special like um, the Williams sisters came on, on the scene over 20 years ago and just revolutionised the women's game they changed how the women's game was played mm-hmm. they brought this power that we hadn't seen on the women's side like players before them you know like Seles and and Graf even before them they didn't play like that and, and they came along and just completely tra- transformed the game and dominated for, for 25 years nearly The t- um, and Serena with her 23 Grand Slams that we all talk about the elusive 24th uh, that she didn't quite get to but yeah, she transcends the sport, and like her legacy is going to live on, Williams. She's an absolute amazing athlete and inspiration to so many people, on and off the tennis court.
0: Yeah, uh, we've been asking for um, documentary recommendations. Is the movie the Williams sisters movie any good? That uh, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty oh, good. I yes. waited a good while. One of my favorite
3: it. films of the last five years. Oh, really? It's actually one of my favorite sports films ever. I think. Really? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Right? I, I was nearly. I think uh, nearly. I was in tears at the end of it, for sure. A scene at the end where it's like just all comes together. That um, oh, was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was amazing just to see like the sheer determination of her dad, Richard. And like he was, he was making tennis players out of those girls and he did whatever it took to get them to the top. And yeah, I do think it was actually an amazing insight oh. into what it, what it was like and, and a very a true story, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's incredible.
0: Okay, so worth watching over Christmas.
1: Definitely one to watch, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah like we, another one as well. We had Sinead in there talking about the Untold series and the Marty Fish documentary so for people who don't know it's American player Marty Fish who came up at the same time as Andy Roddick talented but kind of lacked that mentality and was seen as a bit of you know kind of didn't take it too seriously and then completely overnight just changed his mentality and went to the other extreme and the documentary culminates in him withdrawing from a match with Roger Federer at the US Open because it all just got too much for him and he basically had a panic attack on court in the previous Mm. round. I was chatting about it with you Jenny and you saw it as well like what's the difference in in the top 100 even 200 players in the world Is, is the ability at level the same and is it the mentality that separates
1: yeah definitely you see you see that from the guys girls and guys outside the top Two hundred, like it's trying to break into that top two hundred is a huge deal, and the tennis game, like that's where once you get into this kind of top two hundred, you're nearly breaking into the grand slams, and um, top one hundred, you start making a living. It's it's like the from there out, it is what separates the players is definitely mentality and, um, that mental strength when you go out to play a match. Like I remember turning up my first tournament and watching all these girls playing and going, oh my god, everybody here is amazing, amazing forehands, amazing backhands, amazing serve. How am I going to win a match? step onto a match court and it's a different ball game altogether. And you go out and you see like you're annihilating girls like love and love and you go out and practice with them the day before and they're beating you in points in in the warm up. And it's just it is what separates players ultimately especially in an individual sport. You know it's all you and on the day anything can go wrong. You know you can be
0: It strikes me that tennis hasn't yet got good at building the support network around young players coming through in a way that is based on science as opposed to emotion and maybe the Radicano experience is, is feeding into this a little bit but like if, if Marty Fish was a footballer now coming through the club would go okay here's your personality test here's your strength and conditioning here's your psychologist here's everything you need to do to become the best version of you now I'm sure there's football clubs who aren't brilliant at that but they would see that the return on investment is huge it just feels like tennis is still kind of random individual parent driven or Coach-driven, and it's like, oh well, we've always done it this way, and it worked for this one player. Am I wrong about
1: that? Well, it's, yeah, there, there almost needs to be like a framework of what you need, like, and who you need in your team to, if you want to be the best. But when you start out, like using my own example, I went on the professional tour, I and I was only traveling uh, with a fitness trainer at this time, and that was just because he was the boyfriend at the time, so he was traveling with me. And then my coach was here, so you don't, you're not traveling with this entourage that you see maybe with the with the top players. And then as you start to get a bit of traction, you start doing. better you realise actually I need um, a psychologist on my team, and I I need another technical coach. And you, as you go on, then you're only adding what you feel like you need. There isn't like, okay, Jenny, this is Jenny, and she, you know, she might be a bit weak at this, so we need to employ someone who's going to go. That that's not there. Whereas actually, right. you
0: benefit from it much more at the start.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Like so. it, the, the the quantum leap you can make from having a psychologist early versus at the stage where you've already made it to a level. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. If, even if you use the, the example of two of the players on the tour, like Naomi Osaka, had amazing success. She's an incredible talent, amazing tennis player, has won three Grand Slams already, but now is suffering hugely with her, her mental health compared to, let's say, Iga Świątek, who is 21, won three Grand Slams, but has from, been travelling with her psychologist from the very start. So she's being well protected and she's managing that side of her game. And you can just see, like, comparing those two, like, I know obviously everyone's different, but... Yeah that there is an absolute benefit to having that.
2: In Um, your experience, a professional, is it an unwelcoming sport?
1: Um, it's a tough sport. Yeah, it's a lonely place to be. And I think like you have to have the that the right um, personality almost to be an individual athlete and a tennis player as well. Like, it, you, it's only you out there. And, you know, I, I use my own example of saying to you guys there, like, I think I would have been better suited to a team sport yeah. just because I would vibe <laughs> off people if things weren't going well. Whereas when things are going well, it's all on you. You pull it all on yourself. You've nobody to turn to, like, especially as I said in those early days traveling. You're not with anybody. You could be going to dinner on your own, feeling really bad about yourself like you know and, and how do you bounce back like you need to have those tools or somebody to bounce off to yeah. help you with that but yeah it, it not to say it's an unwelcoming sport but it is a very tough sport
2: Did you seek advice from other professionals?
1: Ten, like yeah, tennis players at the time? House. No I figured it out myself that I was really? going to need yeah because I, I remember v- stark memory of like Going out in that first tournament and thinking what's going to be different about me and all those other girls out there, and then being like, okay, this is just mentality. Between what what happens between your two years, when I step onto a match court, is ultimately going to dictate what happens. And my success. And then I remember I came back after playing about six tournaments and I I, um, started doing a bit of work with Aidan Moore and he's actually passed away now, but I was doing a little bit of work with him and um, he was great. That was a really, really beneficial move and step in the right direction. I found that great for helping to get tools to help myself when I'm playing matches and develop this persona of like, Mm. I'm Jenny Claffey off the court, but when I step into the court, I'm a different, like my alter ego comes out and you have to adapt this personality. And that was actually a very strange thing to have to do because, you know, you're...
0: Andy Lee talks about the ring walk where like he's a normal human being and then he gets in the ring and he's a killer.
1: <coughs> yeah, like, that's...
0: You know, you need you need to do that because otherwise you're going to get killed.
1: Yeah, I had this moment of like, I put on the headphones, once I put on my headphones before I warmed up, that was then I'm, I'm alter ego, Jenny.
3: It's nearly like the, you know, the golf documentary, The Short Game, where the kids are being ferried around by their parents. To try and become professional golfers. Yeah. Tennis kind of strikes me as the same, where there's this pressurised, you have to make it. And like, there's a lot of pressure maybe from, from parents and coaches as well. But to be that individual, especially when you're younger, must be so, so tough. And uh, as you say, it's not like the women's hockey team who have themselves to celebrate with or to commiserate with, it's, you're, it's just you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's definitely this a part of the game that's not spoken about. As you said, we're a little bit behind in tennis. Like there is a number of of um, tennis players who have spoken out about the pressures and the the difficulties with the, with the individual sport of tennis. That's coming from the media. That's coming from well, like obviously from yourself as well. Um, Naomi Osaka being one, and that Marley Fish. That was a very yeah. powerful documentary yeah. that really highlighted how much that your mental health mm-hmm. plays a role in in your. Sporting life
0: wasn't it somebody this year who um, on court is being interviewed and stops everything and says and just want to point to Elena Djokovic in the crowd as well was that this year Elena Jokovic Jokovic yeah
3: she was interviewing her wasn't it Jokovic was
2: the Jokovic is is she, a media now yeah I'm, I'm mixing this up I think so I'm not sure um, yeah
3: Jokovic was interviewing her on court was, um, uh,
2: yeah v- was, v- I vaguely remember it yeah. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. Okay, then. I'll, I'll find a Um Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, no, I, like one person we haven't touched on for yet is Ash Barty retiring, which you nearly forget about. Like, the, yeah. and the best player in the world, like, in my analysis of it, like the women's game, probably has never been stronger because we have such an array of Grand Slam champions. Like every Grand Slam tournament for the last year or two that we've been speaking, you and I like struggle to predict who's going to win it. Yeah, yeah. Iga maybe, but maybe not if she doesn't show up where is the women's game for you overall at the moment? Does it need a superstar like the, the big three and the men or is it is it good at the moment because there's such an array of talent?
1: Well I think the, my number two point on moment of the year has got to be the fact that we have a star in the women's game I think in Iga Tech now. Yeah. Uh, she showed a bit of her dominance this year once Ash Barty retired which we'll have to go back to on that as well but um, she retired and then Fiontech took over as the number one in the world and then went on this historic 37 match winning streak mm-hmm. won an, a, a French Open and then we were all talking about her and then she did actually back it up by winning the US Open this year which was the first time a woman has done that uh, in the last six years yes. so that's where that kind of gives us a bit of hope that there is a star in the women's game and there is depth as you said like we're seeing Jabur in two Grand Slam finals Royal this Pal. year yeah. yeah yeah I haven't forgotten that one <laughs> um, and then there's a few other stars like um, we've seen uh, Car- Caroline Garcia i always mentioned her to you she's this French player who we've been talking about for about 10 years and Andy Murray said like it was over 10 years ago he's like she's going to be a future world number one and it's taken almost mm. till now to see her talent and she got, got the semis of the, the uh, US Open won the WTA finals there so she's on form we have Coco Gauff so there, are, there is going to be much more players like Sakari from Greece Sa- Sabalenka like these guys these players sorry are challenging each week but I do think we have a star in Shiontek
2: but does she need a body because we need to get uh, a rivalry, rivalry don't need we, we yeah, need a rivalry
1: I'm calling it's going to be a, a Gauff and Shiontek rivalry over the next but they played years. each other in
2: the French Open final
1: yeah, 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 but I I still do think, I think there's more, a lot more from Goff, coming from Goff. Like, she's only 18. Yeah, She's been yeah. talking about her for the last three yeah. three years since she beat Williams in and got to the fourth round in Wimbledon three years ago. And then she randomly this year got to, the, not randomly, but was number one doubles player in the world for about mm. a few weeks. And then um, she's obviously made the, the French Open final. Like, only 18 has an incredible game, but I think it's going to be a Shantek-Goff rivalry, I'm calling it now.
0: Um, three years to come this time last year if we were doing this we would have been talking about him or, or of for like the whole thing yeah, yeah that's very true barely um, mentioned um, is that just one of those bits where just get a bloody coach stick with the same coach have a philosophy follow the philosophy or is was it like is there something else going on
1: yeah, it, it's kind of that. That is a bit of a strange one. Like winning, kind of as we know, she won from from qualifying. She came and won the U.S. Open, and then since then, she she's actually just hired her fifth new coach in eighteen months. Yeah, this what's, week. what's that about? What um, is going on there? With the coaches. I know, but I guess just again from experience, you need to have stability in your team and you need to have, you know, as you said, like a set group of people who are going to then drive you forward. And if you're chopping and changing all the time, there's obviously there's something not not right there. But aside from that, again, she, she shot to fame overnight and then the British press have absolutely built her up and then destroyed her again. So she's having to deal with that pressure and expectation again at the mental health side of the game. That's going to got to be difficult. She's only 18, 19 now, so there's a huge pressure on her shoulders. She's a superb tennis player. Like the her game style is 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 one to match Svantek, I think. Um, however, she's just not been given the chance to like almost, you know, she needs a few years experience yeah. on the tour. It would be almost better if she hadn't won the French Open, uh, the yeah. U.S. Open, I and think, had yeah. the few years, you know, to get more match experience. She don't, hadn't even played on the tour for more than three months. Well, I think. Well, she was just
2: finished, stage. yeah. Wimbledon, she came through last year, wasn't it? Yeah. But sorry, you, you said she's just as talented as Fiontek?
1: I think what she has a it? game to match Shontek. I like guess in like that, that would be a great matchup for those to play each yeah. other. I think she could push Tech, um, but she needs more years on, on the tour, I think, to get experience. And she, like, again, in three years, 21, 22, like that's a big... Yeah,
0: plenty of time. Yeah, but, uh, needs to Stick with a coach and, and a fitness program and just decide and also get <laughs> get healthy. Um, sorry, it was yeah. um, um, Alizé Cornet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That the corner, yeah. is this at Is this at the Australian Open where she's um, telling Elena Jokovic, Elena Jokic, how much um, gives her a hug and all? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Um, that was a great moment. That was the Australian yeah. Open, was it? Am I right about that? Don't. Yeah. Don't we'll I don't move on. I <laughs> don't recall. It was a great. It was a
3: lovely moment. Either way.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was from Amy O'Connor's. Um, tweet stream about the sporting highlights of the year the general highlights of the year okay so we should talk about um, Nadal who we thought might be finished but isn't clearly
1: yeah he's still got some unfinished business he was fourth on my list of the best moments of the year has got to be uh, Nadal reaching the 22 Grand Slam mark Mm. and he's at the top now with, with the most Grand Slams Obviously, winning the fourteenth Roland Garris, thats unbelievable. He dominated the first half of the year; it was unbelievable. Yeah. For U.S. Australian Open, French Open, and then semis of Wimbledon. And like we obviously know all about the injuries that he was playing through in the French Open with the foot, whatever he was playing with a numb foot. Then he tore the—he actually had a fractured rib in April playing in in Miami, I think, in the tournament, so he withdrew from that. Yeah. And then he has an abdominal injury that he hasn't quite sh- shaken since Wimbledon. But I think at the start of the year nobody was thinking Nadal was going to have that kind of success. Mm. I think he, had, he hadn't he had played for the last four months of last year and then he came in and won the first three tournaments of the year and then came back from amazing two sets to uh, love down the uh, Australian Open final against Medvedev. And then from there, I said, he's just dominated. And then he's just kind of, obviously, injury has now knocked him back and then he's had a, the birth of a baby boy yeah. I wonder how his priorities shifting but again we can never count out Nadal like what a champion and he's currently sitting at the top with with 22 Grand Slams can we really rule out him, rule him out of winning a 15th Roland Garris mm, next year
2: no it goes back to mentality again like you said you know his father and his uh, box at Wimbledon quarter final against Taylor Fritz we're imploring him to retire injured and he refused <laughs> to what is this guy's motivation just to keep on going that month grit. after month it goes back to the mentality doesn't it yeah. what is that stubbornness. Stubbornness.
3: spanish stubbornness that's what it is yeah he just, he's just he's he's aggressive i wonder was he surprised by by what he's achieved
1: at the start
2: of this year.
3: Like, I think he'll he's will stay going open now, I didn't think I'd be. Yeah, I do think he It was a match is, of
1: the year. Like, definitely. Yeah, Daniel that, Medvedev that final.
2: is, you know, hardcore, outside of Djokovic, is the best hardcore player. Had won hour.
1: the US Open at the end of last exactly. year. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. And Nadal, how did he stay in that match and then how did he win it in the fifth? I remember watching that abroad and this is this totally insane. transfixed me. Yeah, but Nadal. he's just
1: the, the grit and determination that Nadal has is like is him and Djokovic are probably on par with that. They're, he's he just that will to win. He just will not give up. And as you said, like his box were screaming at him the whole time yeah. in that Wimbledon quarterfinal. I
2: think that people feel like Messi. They do about Nadal in football and tennis. Yeah, they just want him to achieve as much as person. he possibly can before he finishes. Whereas Djokovic has the Cristiano.
1: Yeah, vibe to him like cool, that. He's yeah. just
2: trying, you know, his best to be light yeah, but, yeah. Do,
1: but, like he's incredible, like incredible Nadal. I think uh, that his mentality is something that you just—it's unmatched. I do think like Djokovic probably is probably the next best to him, but I don't think we can count Nadal out just yet. I really think he's could contend next year.
0: Yeah, um, obviously it'll be a slightly trickier. Australian Open because Djokovic has made peace with the authorities mm. I think Djokovic managed to get away with a lot here because he did definitely yeah. falsify documents the, the first time around like which you know yeah. that should have been like a okay lifetime you can't do that but, but anyway yeah. everybody's decided whatever and he will be back and um, uh, tennis has its pantomime villain and he loves the role and he's pretty good at it
1: we were talking about this before, we're like, yeah, he, he he laps it up and he seems to rise to it. But he actually does have the like me, like me personality. Like he's trying so hard still to win over crowds, yet he can play a match and know that 90% of the crowd are against him and come back and win. Like I'm dying to see him playing in the Australian Open this year, what oh, the crowds yeah. are going to be like.
2: Oh my, It's going to be incredible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Because that's what you were saying. If he was going to be allowed to play in January, imagine a crowd reaction. Yeah, they were but hating him last I, year. I think he really wants to be loved. That's why he broke down in tears in the 2021 US Open final against Medvedev when he lost because people loved him. That was the biggest victory for him. But then his mentality against Kyrgios at the Wimbledon final to lose the first set and Kyrgios doing well in the second set. Djokovic just didn't panic. Imagine no. facing that.
1: Yeah it's just it, that's what I mean again he you said the mentality goes back to that mentality of just like he's just so steely like Djokovic and you know I, I remember um, uh, he was playing Murray when Murray won Wimbledon and Murray was two sets to love up and I think he was like five I think it was 5-4 up or 5-2 up sorry so he had a double break in the third set Murray was serving for it and he said after the match he knew that if he didn't hold in that game again I think there was lots of, he had maybe four match points or something mm. he was like he knew if he didn't hold in that game he's two sets to live up a double break up in the third that if he didn't hold he d- he thought that he'd lose the match against Djokovic
3: so mentality like. that is
1: just yeah like to never count yourself out. Like, and I think there's a lot like he's fifth on my list for the moments of 2022 Djokovic, the Novak Djokovic, how he started off the year yeah. so politically. And then how he is just this guy who's just not going to go away. He's not going away.
0: He, no, he, w- he will end up with the most, like yeah. if it kills him, whatever, he'll do whatever it takes to get
1: there. I think I said uh, last year, one of my first times on the show, yeah. I said he's going to win 30 Grand Slams. If it wasn't for the this, year, this yeah. year, I think, you know, and he's 35 now, but he he still won Wimbledon this year. Like in 2021, the season, he won three Grand Slams. He got to the final of the other. OK, then this year he wins Wimbledon. He's won 18 of his last 19 matches. He won the ATP finals oh. there at the end of November. He's on form in Australia. I think he's going to be the one yeah. to beat. Yeah, yeah
0: we're completely out of time is there anything we haven't mentioned that was like a we should have spent more time on but Carlos
1: Alcaraz oh, God, the youngest yeah. number yeah, one yeah. tennis player in the world yes the new the new star in the men's game that's that's what I had to talk about like yeah that's incredible he's an incredible talent he is yeah he's unmatched I think he's going to be a real star of the future like we call, we've we obviously already called that now but I'm looking forward to a Djokovic-Alcaraz rivalry over the next what's year what's the over
0: under on how many grand stamps he's going to win Alcaraz yeah
1: over ten, under twenty. Mm. It's a big spread. Mm. I get. <laughs> I need like a thirteen 15.
0: to fifteen. Okay, okay. let's say fi- I'll say fifteen.
1: Okay, yeah. let's All right, fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. <laughs> That'll be. That's a good. lot. That's fourteen lot Yeah, that's a lot, lot. Actually, to be fair, maybe you know, I might. I think Djokovic is more likely to get to thirty than he is to fifteen. You've said it now, though. That's a
2: big call, actually, yeah. considering the age difference. Yeah. That's a big. That's interesting. Yeah. Jenny, I may eat
1: my words.
0: A happy Christmas to you.
1: And you too, guys. Thanks very much.